Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On today's episode, I will recap all the games from this past Super Wildcard Weekend, we'll dive into the news you need to know, and I'll wrap up with a little bet-busting, all coming up on this episode of the Wildcard Wrap-Up. The NFL has been throwing the superlative Super in our face during Wildcard Weekend for years now, but I think this year they've actually earned it, as we had a handful of very decisive victories and one nail-biter. Let's go ahead and dive into all the matchups from this past wildcard weekend. Starting off with the Texans 45-14 stomping over the Browns. It was kind of a shame that these two teams played so early on in the postseason, as I wanted to see both in the divisional round. But either way, I'm glad the Texans are moving on. It's hard to believe that CJ Stroud is a rookie. He looks so comfortable. He seems like he's been in the league forever. And he was not afraid of going deep whatsoever. He had a 13 yards per attempt average, meaning every time he threw the ball, they were looking for at least a first down. Absolutely unheard of for a rookie, especially in the playoffs. In my preview, I stated that Laramie Tunsil would keep Miles Garrett at bay, and that's exactly what happened. Garrett was essentially a non-factor. Also in my preview, I stated that Will Anderson would out-sack Garrett, and guess what? That's also exactly what happened. This Texans team did a great job in the draft last year. All the knuckleheads that doubted that string of picks can all eat crow now. This defense just had back-to-back pick sixes. I don't think I've ever seen that in the postseason before. This team is fun to watch and is playing with house money. They are a very dangerous team right now, and the juggernauts need to take them seriously. Up next, we had the Dolphins laying a frozen stinker as the Chiefs moved on with their 26-7 victory. I was extremely disappointed with the lack of rushing attack from Miami. Outside of a few Tua scrambles, the team only had 15 attempts total. They came into this game with a weird, we aren't going to change a thing attitude on offense, which was ineffective and led to a lot of punts. This was by far the worst coaching job for Mike McDaniel this season. Yeah, the defense was almost completely depleted of talent by the end of this game, but I honestly think coaching was the main reason they're all enjoying an early vacation. In my preview, I said that KC could easily turn into a power run team, and that's essentially what they did. Pacheco carried the ball 24 times for close to 100 yards and a score, and even CEH got involved. Mahomes wasn't afraid to air it out in that weather either, and in passing situations, had no problem connecting with Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. They seem to have solved all their issues on offense in one week because, well, of course they have. Moving on, we had a surprising finish in Dallas as the Packers absolutely destroyed the overhyped Cowboys 48-32. Don't let this score or the box stats fool you. This game was not ever a contest. A performance that will likely lead to the end of the McCarthy era. In my preview, I called the Packers the Texans of the NFC because that's exactly what they look like to me, a young and talented team that shouldn't have progressed as quickly as they have. House money is also what this team is playing with, and it showed. Just like CJ Stroud, Jordan Love also had a 13 yards per attempt average. They came out hot out of the gates and went up 27 to nothing in a variety of ways. They scored three times offensively, two on the ground, and one through the air, 
but also in the form of a savage pick six. All three phases of this team were performing well and had this game pretty much wrapped up by the break. Their defense did a great job of disguising looks and confusing Dak. While on paper, Dak had a decent game. In reality, he was quite the opposite. He looked rattled most of the game and couldn't seem to connect with C.D. Lamb no matter how hard they tried to force it. C.D. ended the game with 18 targets, but only 9 catches. They just couldn't seem to get on the same page, except for towards the end against the prevent defense, where he would rack up the majority of his yardage to pad his stats. Any positives from this offense came way too late. Overall, I'm glad to see the Packers move on. I hate all the coverage the Cowboys receive, and frankly, I'm tired of them. I like this Green Bay team, and for the first time in my life, I find myself cheering for them. As a Denver fan, I could not cheer for the Favre era for obvious reasons. As a man of science, I could not cheer for the Rodgers era, again, for obvious reasons. And now, I find this love era intriguing. I guess we'll have to see how long this one lasts. Moving on, we had the closest match of the weekend with the Detroit Lions eking out a victory 24-23 against the Rams at home. This was probably the most drama-filled game on the slate, and I'm really happy for the team and the city of Detroit as a whole for shaking this 30-year drought. It was really great seeing them get this win, and it was sort of poetic being against the old guard. This was truly an out-with-the-old-and-in-with-the-new tone-setting type of win. Jared Goff played well and went toe-for-toe -toe with Matthew Stafford, who also played well. Goff had a solid connection with St. Brown and Reynolds, who alongside Goff was also looking for revenge against the Rams and seemingly found it. Their running game was effective yet again as both David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs scored. This offense is still just as dangerous as they were at the start of the season. For the Rams, it's clear that Puka Nakua has become the number one receiver as he broke the rookie receiving record for the postseason, previously held by DK Metcalf, with 181 yards and a score in this game. Los Angeles is definitely ahead of schedule as a team, progression-wise, and while they are exiting this postseason now, I think they still have a lot to be proud of. After the game, Sean McVay said as much, stating that this team has reignited his passion for coaching. This team seems like they'll be relevant for a while now. Next up, we had the 31-17 victory over the Steelers by the Bills at home. This game was rather anticlimactic as it was postponed a day due to crazy winter weather then was kind of buried by the narratives of all the earlier games. I honestly think that if this game would have ended up being played when it was supposed to, the Steelers would have won with their rushing attack. However, that's not how things went down. That's not to say I disagree with the decision to move the game. I do not. I believe that this was the correct decision. I just also believe that it had a massive impact on the outcome of this game. But if your team has to rely on the weather to win, you probably don't deserve to move on in the postseason anyway. So all those people who are arguing with the decision should take that fact into account. This goes for both teams. The Bills still have a fairly weak rushing attack. Josh Allen did break a record with his 52-yard touchdown run, but your quarterback shouldn't have to do that for your team to win. I also don't see this going much further than it already has, and a Stephon Diggs blow-up is imminent. After the game, Tomlin was asked about his future and the coach just walked out of the room. I'm not too sure what this means, but I can't really see anyone other than Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Who else would you bring in? Belichick? 
I just can't see this organization firing Tomlin right now. Maybe if they have a terrible season next year, but right now, I think he's safe. They honestly had no business in the playoffs to start with, so I view this season as progress. You at least now know your weaknesses, and I expect them to attack those in the offseason like they always do. Lastly, we had the Eagles crash landing in Tampa, as the Bucks take the win decisively 32-9. I'm pretty sure my last 6 or 7 Bucks recaps have started with blah blah blah, I love Baker, blah blah blah. So I'm going to start this one exactly the same way. I'm finally starting to hear the guys that make substantially more money than me saying the same shit as me, and it's about time. I love Baker on this team. His redemption story has been awesome this year, and I'm happy for him. And honestly, I sort of miss his dumbass commercials. Maybe we'll see more of those with this rise. But I suppose I should be careful what I ask for in this regard. Either way, this Eagles team has been on a downward spiral for weeks now, and I'm glad to see them put out of their misery. I've been saying it for a while now. It's hard for Super Bowl losers to repeat that success the following year, and now they've become another tally on the board. There's a lot of questions surrounding this team from coaching all the way down. I'm interested to see how their offseason begins to take shape. Jason Kelsey's retirement after the game no doubt is the first domino of many for this team. Overall, this was an extremely exciting weekend of football, probably the most satisfying of the season. For me, most of the teams I didn't want to see anymore this year are gone, and a few of the up-and-coming new kids on the block are still around. I think I'll root for them going forward. So, a Texans, Packers, Lions, or Niners Lombardi hoist would all be fine by me. I guess you could throw the Bills in there too if they ended their drought, but I don't know, I'm not as into that team as I am the others. Either way, we're in the home stretch now, and I can't help but feel both extremely excited and extremely sad knowing that the void is about to smack me in the face soon. My advice is to soak this up while you can. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here. Welcome back. Some pretty juicy storylines are starting to creep up, so let's go ahead and dive into the news you need to know. Firstly, let's hit all the coaching whispers. Jim Harbaugh visited with the Chargers a couple days ago, and all signs are pointing to him being appointed as the new frontman in LA. Of the Harbaugh brothers, Jim seems to be the one who runs a little hotter than John. No doubt he's been successful, especially at turning around previously struggling organizations. But he's one to wear out his welcome, so this may be an interesting decision to say the least. I'll keep you updated on this one as updates become available. On the other side of the country, Billy B took his first interview since parting ways with New England. He crossed the Mason-Dixon line and met with the Falcons. This would be an interesting pairing, but ultimately, I think this is just one of those charade interviews. Bill's just wiping the dust off with this move, I suspect. I really do think he'll end up in the NFC East, either with the Cowboys or the Eagles. He doesn't have time for a rebuild with an iffy franchise. Moving on, there's drama brewing in the desert as well as Max Crosby drew a line in the sand and said he'd request a trade if Antonio Pierce is not named the next head coach. It seems this team is really rallying behind their interim coach, and even though this is the Raiders, I still like this move. Pierce is definitely great at keeping their fire stoked, even if some of the other attributes are unproven. I think this guy deserves a shot. And with that said, 
That's all I have today for the news you need to know. Now, I'll hold myself and the words I spout accountable as we head on down and do a little bet busting. This weekend, I went two for five on our straight five bets as both Dalton scored and the other three guys didn't. The goal is always two or more here, so I'd call that a meh kind of day. Moving on to my parlay bets for the weekend, the Saturday parlay was a disaster, the Sunday parlay went two for four, and the Pick'em parlay was surprisingly close as it went four for six, only missing the Pittsburgh and Miami picks. Overall, I didn't quite break even this weekend, but I was close. It's going to get more and more difficult as teams start to drop like flies, so just remember this as we attempt to navigate our way over the next few weeks. And that will do it for today's recap episode. I will return to preview all the divisional round matchups as usual on Friday. Until then, I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next time.